0: So I have a question for the kids before we begin, okay? What Sunday is it today? I need someone to raise their hand because I I have a very special prize, but someone needs to raise their hand, okay? You, young man in the red, what Sunday is it? Fifth Sunday, okay, but more importantly, what kind of Sunday is it? Let's go this kid in the orange over here. Donut Donut Sunday, high five! Well, hey, I have a special prize for you. A banana because you need to eat your potassium, son. Well, hey, I'm so glad to see everybody here, okay? My name is Ben Espinosa. I serve as the pastor of community life here at Covenant Church. And if you're a guest, this is your first time here. If this is your 22nd time here, if you've been here for 22 years or 40 years or whatever, I welcome you. Uh, If you're new here, just fill out a Connect card in the back, put it in in the basket. We'll get in touch with you. We ran out of mugs last week. I would have given you a mug, so you're going to have to come back next week so I can give you a mug then. And hopefully we'll have them by then. But if not... We'll give you a mug in a couple weeks, okay? But the point is you just got to keep coming back. So, Well, hey, this morning we're going to be doing something just a little bit different than what we usually do, okay? We've just finished up our series on James, which I hope you've enjoyed. And we're going to be going through this series on the tough questions of Christianity next week. So this morning I want to take some time just to share a little bit about the mission and vision of Covenant Church and just kind of share a little bit about our plans for the future here in the fall and I've been known to say that there's nothing I hate more than a vision without a plan. So I'm looking forward to sharing what we're going to be doing here at Covenant Church. The mission and vision of an organization is important. It provides an organization's life force and propels the people within said organization to achieve great things for the sake of the organization. And one of my favorite mission statements of all time comes from the Starship Enterprise. You don't have to be a Trekkie to appreciate Star Trek, okay? Here is the mission statement of the Starship Enterprise. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. That's a pretty awesome mission statement, right? Okay, you don't have to be a total nerd to appreciate it. All right? It says exactly what the Starship Enterprise is going to do. It's going to explore strange new worlds, and it's going to seek out new life and new civilizations. And it ends with something inspiring to boldly go where no one has gone before. Now, if you were to summarize this piece, it would be to boldly go where no one has gone before. And as you watch Star Trek The Next Generation, okay, that's exactly what they do. They encounter the shiftiness of the Ferengi, and the relentless assimilation of the Borg. I'll stop nerding out right there. But you catch my drift, okay? A mission statement is what drives an organization. So this morning, I want to share a little bit about the mission and vision for our church here at Covenant Church, which is to know Jesus and make him known. And not only do I want to share in the depth embedded in this statement, I want to demonstrate how we achieve this mission and how we tangibly live it out. And finally, I'm going to invite a few leaders here in our church to share some of the ways that we're going to be living out our mission here in the fall. But before we get any further, will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we could share together, Lord. I thank you that the kids could be here, Lord. I thank you that everybody could be here, Heavenly Father. I pray that you'll open our eyes and illuminate our minds to the different things that you want us to learn this morning, Lord, and help us to get excited about the mission and vision that you have for us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So, so, just to give you a little bit of background on where this is coming from, as Mar- in March, as a lead staff, we met together to discuss where God is leading us. And we were very careful to say that this couldn't be any one of our own's vision. This had to be a vision and mission that God has given us for this specific time. So, we took the time to pray and, to, and met together to discuss what God has been speaking to us. And there's a lot of cool buzzwords that are going around in evangelical Christianity that we tend to use a lot around here, okay? Missional, gospel-centered, community life. And that's all great stuff. In fact, we use a ton of terminology here at Covenant Church all the time. But there's got to be a driving force behind all of this. Why do we live on mission? Why do we center every single thing that we do on the gospel? What binds us together as a community? And you know how some of these things go, okay? You're looking at something so hard and thinking so intently and so narrow that you forget some very crucial things. And in this case, we were overlooking the driving force or our reason for being, which is Jesus Christ. We're passionate as a leadership about Jesus. We're passionate because Jesus has given us new life. We want this church to be a church that's all about Jesus. We don't want any distractions from that. It all, needs, it all needs to come back to Jesus Christ. If anything that we do detracts from the person and work of Jesus Christ, we're not doing our job as a church. So when we crafted our mission statement, we wanted it to be simple and something that we all had a piece about. And it's this, to know Jesus and make him known. And it sounds very simple. It sounds like the mission statement of any good Christian organization. And it is. Many churches have this mission statement as their mission statement. And so do many Christian organizations out there. But it's a profound mission statement with deep implications for the way that we live our lives. Notice that our mission statement isn't to be a really awesome place for fellowship, it's not to be a really, really comfortable place for you and your family. It's not to have awesome Sunday services, okay? And it's not to have donuts once a month and have a barbecue lunch afterwards as well. It's not that. No, it's to know Jesus and make him known. What does this mean exactly? Well, let's spend some time unpacking it. Number one, we want to know Jesus. And when we say we want to know Jesus, we're not saying that we want to know about Jesus. We're not saying that we want to have historical knowledge about this figure who was Jesus. We're not saying that we want to know the story of Jesus so well that we can recite it to anybody walks, to anyone who walks by. Yes, we want to do all those things. Yes, it is our mission to do those things. But they miss the point ever so slightly. When we say we want to know Jesus, we're saying that we want our church individually and as a community to have a deep personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Kids, I have a question for you. Do you know your parents? Just shout it out. Do you guys know your parents? Of course you do. Okay? Okay. Do you know the principal of your school? Okay? Do you know the mayor of Bowling Green? Bowling Green. Have you personally met the governor of Ohio? Have you personally met the president of the United States? Okay. How many of you know Batman? Have you guys ever met Batman? It would be cool, okay? (laughs) That would be awesome. But we have a relationship with some of those people like your parents. But we don't have a relationship with other people. But we want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus is absolutely real in our lives. Now, what do we believe about Jesus? Who is this Jesus? We believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, that he is the most active agent in the creation of the world. Like it says in the book of Colossians, everything was created for him and through him. And in him, all things, every single thing holds together. Since he is the creator of everything in the universe, he is the only one who can redeem this broken creation. And that's what he did. God the Father sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die for our sins uh, and for the sins of the world and to redeem and restore this creation back to himself. We believe that Jesus showed us the best way of living a life that honors him, that honors the Lord. He preached the good news of God. He healed the sick. He fed the poor. He cared for the brokenhearted. He loved the little children. He gave everyone hope, and he preached the truth, which also got him in trouble every single day. He loved people who were on the outside of society, and he challenged people who were at the upper crust of society. And when the time came, he laid down his life for our sins so that we could have abundant life in this life and be with him in the next Jesus says this, I have come so that they may have life and may have it abundantly. Jesus made himself known to us so we can come to know him and experience the life that only comes from knowing him. Jesus, when you read the Bible, Jesus is at the very center of the biblical narrative. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. He was there in the beginning with God the Father creating the universe as it says in in John 1. And he will be there in the end to make his enemies a footstool when he comes back to earth to set up his rule and his reign here on this earth. The Apostle Paul gives us a glimpse into what the story of Jesus, the one who transcends the earth, is all about. He says this in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. He says, "...Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage." But rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest uh, highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That of the knee of, name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords, exalted above every single thing in creation. And yet he cares for each and every one of us and wants to have a relationship with us. That's the beauty of Christianity right there, my friends. Other religions say that you need to make your way toward God and hopefully he will bless your pursuit toward him but Christianity says that God has already reached down to us and we have the opportunity to live a life for and with God in Christ. One of my favorite books, Blue Like Jazz, the author Donald Miller tells the story. He says, A guy I know named Alan went around the country asking ministry leaders questions. He went to successful churches and asked the pastors what they were doing and why what they were doing was working. It sounded very boring, except for one visit he made to a man named Bill Bright, the president of a big ministry. Bill Bright was the founder of Crew. Alan said that he was as big as life and listened to his questions without shifting his eyes. Alan asked a few questions. I don't know what they were, but as a final question, he asked Dr. Bright what Jesus meant to him. Alan said Dr. Bright could not answer the question. He said, Dr. Bright just started to cry. He sat there in his big chair behind his big desk and wept. When Alan told that story, I wondered what it was like to love Jesus like that. I wondered quite honestly if that Bill Bright guy was just nuts or if he really knew Jesus in a personal way so well that he would cry at the very mention of his name. And I knew then that I would like to know Jesus like that. With all my heart, not just my head, I really felt like that would be the key to something. Here at Covenant, we want to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him. And that's what we call the gospel. The fact that when we believe in Jesus, it liberates us from bondage. It empowers us to live a life with him and to his glory. But out of our desire to know Jesus, something else arises. And it's the second part of our mission statement. Not only do we want to know Jesus intimately, we want to make him known universally. We want others to know him just as well as we do. In other words, we want to have the same passion that the Apostle Paul had for sharing Christ with everyone that he knew. After the Lord struck Paul down in Acts chapter 9 and changed his heart from one of stones and disbelief to one of love and of belief and full faith in Christ, Paul went on to spread the gospel all across the Roman Empire and beyond. He risked his life to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to every single corner of the earth. And at the end of his life, when he felt compelled to go to Jerusalem and share the gospel, he knew that death was a very real possibility. He says this, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Now you might say, you know, that's great for Paul, but that kind of passion just isn't really for me. Let me ask you this. If you believe so firmly in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power that it has to restore and redeem this broken world, why wouldn't you spend your life sharing the good news of the gospel? I think we have such a limited view of what the gospel truly is sometimes. I think when we say the gospel, we're usually saying, well, it's the good news that if you believe in Jesus, you get to go to heaven when you die. And that's true. If you do believe in Jesus, you get to spend eternity with him in heaven. That's a promise. But the gospel is so much more than that. The gospel, the good news, is that the God of the universe is restoring and redeeming human beings and all of creation back to himself through the work of Jesus Christ. It's not just something that affects you personally, it affects everything. Eric Metaxas said this recently at a banquet, very simply, what does Jesus save? Jesus saves everything. All the violence that you see in the world today, all the hate that you see today, all the prejudice that you see today, Jesus is the solution and the answer. We can do our best to discuss peace and understanding and love and dignity, but apart from the transformation that only Jesus can provide, all of these things have short-term effects. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am life, and no one can come to God except through me. Now, when we affirm that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, the only path to salvation, we're not trying to be absolutist or exclusive. All we're saying is that hope and peace and reconciliation and joy and true abundant life comes from Jesus, and only in him do we find our rest. With Jesus, relationships are healed, violence is destroyed, and death will come to an end once and for all. It's our mission at Covenant Church to know Jesus and make him known because in knowing Jesus, there is life. But what do we do as a church to achieve this vision? What are the specific things that we're doing as a church to know Jesus and make him known? Here at Covenant, we have four core practices that serve us to guide, serve as a guide in our, to fulfill our mission of knowing Jesus and making him known. And the first core practice is this, plain and simple it's preaching the gospel. We preach truth. We proclaim the supremacy of Jesus over all areas of life and culture. We encourage everyone to confess faith in Jesus Christ. We pursue spiritual maturity through Bible study, prayer, and discipleship. Now, I'm a pastor, but I'm not the only one with the responsibility of preaching the gospel. Just because I'm up here most of the time doesn't mean it's only my responsibility to preach the good news. It's everybody's. You don't have to be on a soapbox and start preaching to people. You just need to live your life in a way that lets people know who you're following and where you find your hope. And as a church, we endeavor to help you with that. And our second core practice is this cultivating worship. We love Jesus here. I hope that's abundantly obvious. We celebrate the story of our salvation by singing spiritual songs together. We point people toward Jesus as the only source of eternal life. And we respond to the truth of the gospel with praise and adoration. Worship isn't just about singing. Greg does a fantastic job leading us in worship every single Sunday. But this is only one sliver of what it means to worship. Our goal is to bring everyone closer and closer to Jesus. We want to cast down all the idols of our lives, those things that we worship in our hearts that aren't Jesus. Every Sunday, we want to redirect our focus toward God, and we want our weeks to be filled with this as well. I got a newsflash for you people. You can sing by yourself during the week, okay? If you love Jesus so much, sing it out loud. And as some of you know, I love to sing, but I'm horrible at it, okay? But I love it. And if you love Jesus, fall down on your knees and worship him at every moment that you have. Our third core practice is this. It's creating community. We share life together. We connect with all people and welcome them into this community. We study, we pray, we worship and live life together. We share our stories with each other. The church should be the place where people can come and see how God desires to bring about change in the world. The church community should be the place where people who have been broken can come to find healing. The church should be the place where people can come and see the ideal of where people are from all walks of life, countries, races, backgrounds, whatever, come together to show how Jesus has transformed their lives. We care for each other. There is a world out there that wishes they had a community to care for them. But right here, right now, this is the community that has the only real power to transform people's hearts and minds and heal the brokenness of this world. So this community that is centered on Jesus isn't only for our benefit. It's for the benefit of the entire world, which leads to our last core practice, living on mission. We love people, all right? We participate in the redemption of the earth by doing things that reflect the beauty of Jesus, We engage in the life of our local communities. We give generously to help those in need. We foster and adopt children who need families. When we say living on mission, we we really don't mean anything complex or scary. It just means being a disciple of Jesus in the everyday stuff of life, plain and simple. You go about living your life as any normal Christian would, and you try your best to share Jesus either through your words or through your actions— it could be chatting with the waitress who has three kids, who's a single mom and is trying to make ends meet and telling her that you're going to be praying for her. It could be writing a note to a coworker that you know is going through a particular, particularly difficult time and offering them a gift card to a great restaurant. Living on mission is nothing more than letting your love for Jesus show in the everyday stuff of life. And these four core values work together. When we preach the gospel, we come to worship the God who gave us the gospel. And when we worship Jesus, we seek community with other people who love Jesus. And when we come together as a community of Christ, we're compelled to share the gospel with others that we know and live on mission. And when we live on mission, we're preaching the gospel. And we're starting the circle all over again. These are the four core practices here at Covenant Church that help us in our mission of knowing Jesus and making him known. I have another question for the kids, okay? What's your favorite shape? Heart? That's, that's nice. Just, just shout them out loud. What was that? Rectangle? That's a great shape. Circle, square. Those are all very, very great shapes. okay. A lot of different shapes right there, okay? My favorite shape and the favorite shape of Covenant Church is a triangle, okay? (laughs) Here at Covenant, this is our favorite shape because it helps us to live out our mission and our core practices a bit easier. Instead of asking yourself, you know, have I preached the gospel? Have I worshipped? Have I created community? Have I lived on mission and getting all crazy and everything? We ask ourselves, am I moving upward, inward, and outward? The mark of a true disciple of Jesus is that you're moving upward in your relationship with God through prayer, through Bible study, through fasting, through spiritual disciplines, through pursuing wholeness, holiness. And you're growing your relationship with Jesus when you're moving inward with, uh, to have relationships with fellow Christians through accountability, through community groups, men's and women's groups, Sunday lunches. And we're moving outward in our relationships with people in the local community who don't know Jesus yet. And as a church, we want to move in all of these directions, not only as a body, but individually as well. The triangle is the best shape for discipleship. So what's our mission here at Covenant Church? Plain and simple, to know Jesus and to make him known. And our four core practices help us to live this out. And so does a triangular-shaped discipleship. This is what we're striving for. This is where we're going, to be a body that truly knows Jesus and makes him known in BG and beyond. Now, just to give you a taste of where we're going this morning, I'm going to invite a few of our leaders of the church to share a a little bit about the special projects that we've got going on for the fall it's going to be an exciting fall here at Covenant Church, and the first project I want to share personally is the pastor of care and outreach search, okay? The first pro- project that we're working on is hiring a new pastor who will focus on care and outreach, okay? He'll be primarily responsible for caring for the body, which is kind of the in, and, uh, and helping us with our outreach initiatives, which is helping us with our out. And if you're interested in seeing the whole job description that we've put together, just get in touch with me and I'll send it to you. And just to kind of give you an update of all this, we've received around 70 applications from some very qualified men of God who come from a wide variety of church backgrounds. And I, for one, have been excited to see the incredible diversity of this particular applicant pool. So from these 70 or so applications, we've interviewed 12 candidates, many of whom we'd like to move forward with, and we're currently in the process of discerning exactly which candidates that we do want to move forward with. And I think that I can say on behalf of the elders and myself that we've been blessed to hear some great stories of God's goodness in the lives of these potential pastors So please continue to pray for us as we hope to hire this new pastor of Care and Outreach who can help us in the areas of pastoral care, caring for the body, and reaching out to the local community as well. And next, I want to introduce Ken Jenkins, who's one of our elders. Where are you, Ken? Perfect. There we go. Come on up here, sir. Uh, He's been working with Victor Tenbrink on refining our Constitution for the purpose of clarity and unity. So go ahead, sir.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. It's Donut Sunday, and it's Barbecue Sunday, and we're talking about mission and what we're going to be doing. And I think the elders thought just to bring things to the excitement level to a real fever pitch, they would have me talk about the church constitution bylaws. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to do. Now I was thinking when Ben was talking about how uh, the mission of uh, Star Trek Enterprise was to, uh, to explore strange new worlds, And uh, I think, you know, God has some good things coming up for us in the fall, and we're going to be talking more about that, uh, about the out part of what uh, that triangle is. And I was thinking, the strange new worlds that God may ask you to explore could be your neighborhood. Think about that. Anyway, um, a constitution and bylaw uh, serves two purposes. Um, First of all, the church is referred to as many different things. Uh, There are many different metaphorical references in the scripture for the church. Uh, One is, and one that I I favor a lot, is that we're a family. We were called to adoption as sons uh, when we were saved, uh, and we were called into the family of God. It says, we were called into the family of the son whom he loves. So we're part of God's family, and I like to think of us as a family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We belong to the same Lord. We have the same Father, the same Spirit. So that's one way of looking at it. We're also referred to as the body of Christ. So we are his hands and feet in the earth. We're the body. Um, We're also referred to as a city set on a hill. And it says in the Gospels, the city set on the hills so that people can see it. You don't hide your light under a bushel basket, but it's there to be seen. So we're a city. So all of those ways of looking at the church, uh, we're also a 501c3, which is, <laughs> which is another thing we are. And we're an organization, okay? So we're a lot of different things. So the Constitution and Bylaws has as its goal to meet the needs of those various identities and, and better define them. Uh, and one reason for defining the 501c3 part is because the state of Ohio has certain tax uh, uh, laws and different ways of looking at us as a religious institution, so that's one thing. It has a secular purpose and it has a sacred purpose. The sacred purpose is to better define how we're governed, how things work, uh, We know that God is out of order and out of confusion, so the Constitution and bylaws help to lay that out so that there's uh, no confusion and people are clear about um, how things work and how we're governed. And just to mention how we're governed, we're governed by a plurality of elders. There are currently four of us, and we are also trying to uh, seek God to add to that number in the future. So, Victor Tenbrink is a uh, lawyer who, close friend of a lot of us, known for years, and um, he's working with me on redoing our Constitution and bylaws. The reason for that is, Bowling Green Covenant Church is not part, we're not like part of the Baptist Convention, we're not part of the internationally well-organized Church of the (laughs) Uh, Well-Organized. We were, we basically grew up because a lot of people met Jesus... They wanted to make him know, And so they would go back down to the bars, downtown, which is where they met Jesus. And they would share with the people the gospel. And people got saved, and we, they started gathering together and meeting and praying and loving the Lord and loving each other. And that's how Bowling Green Covenant Church got started. And that's wonderful. But when you, a church gets started like that, you don't get a package in the mail from the Baptist Convention that goes... Here's all the documents, here's how you set everything up, here's how everything works. So the downside is you discover that as you go along and I've been here for 40 years and we're still discovering it. So <laughs> part of part of uh, rewriting the constitution and bylaws is to bring together into one more cohesive document all these bits and pieces that have kind of grown up organically over the years describing who we are and how we work. Now You're going to hear more about this in the future. I'm not going to take much longer here. Um, But the first thing we have to do is uh, we need to establish who is a, a member of Bowling Green Covenant Church because we are very open and very welcoming, and we love having people visit us, and we have had thousands and thousands of people come and visit us over the years. Just like as a family, you might have people come and stay with you. So here's just like a metaphorical statement uh, or a uh, hypothetical situation, one of the two, or maybe a combination of them. But So let's say you're a family, and um, so you've got uh, children and, and a husband and wife, and you get together, and the question before you is, should we move to California? you are going have a meeting. Should we move to California? And you're going to discuss that, and you, and you have to make a decision as a family. So you have the, you have the meeting, and... and you look down at the end of the kitchen table, and there's like two guys. Sitting there. You go, "Hello, um, who are you?" Well, I'm Frank, and he's Bob. Uh, we're camped in your backyard, and we thought we'd, you know, come to the meeting and help you decide whether you're going to move to California. You see what I'm saying? There, there's members of the family, and then there's visitors. And we we love visitors, but in terms of certain decisions and th- certain things we do. It's the members of the family that should decide. So we're going to be discussing more about that and who is a member, who isn't a member, what makes a member, what are the obligations of the church to members, because the church has obligations to members. And then what are the obligations of the members to the church, because it works both ways. So you hear more about that, and we'll be talking more about that. The goal is to have this new Constitution and bylaws written, revised, published to all of you so that you can give input on it, and give us your feedback. We want to hear from you. We want to know, make sure that you understand all the things that are being done in it. There, there will be some, a few new things, but mainly um, stating more clearly and putting together what already exists. Some of the new things, by the way, and something to be praying about, would be the inclusion of congregational input on decision-making... In a, in a much more defined and formalized way. Uh, we want to be inclusive and, and, and make sure that everyone who is a member of the family is heard and has their voice heard uh, when we're putting, making decisions and taking things in um, And also that everyone would, under, would understand how the polity of the church works, which is, is another word for government. So... Um, You'll hear more about
0: that in the days to come. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Next, I want to uh, invite Allison Armentano and Sandy Daly just to kind of discuss uh, what's going to be going on with Covenant Kids here in the fall. So,
2: sweet. Yeah, I just want to give a couple updates on Covenant Kids and talk a little bit about our plans for the fall and upcoming school year. Covenant Kids is our children's ministry year that's geared for infants up through 5th graders. And I'm just really glad to be back from maternity leave and it was awesome working with Sandy over the summer and having her help out with Sunday mornings. And it was probably about a month ago that I was like Sandy about staying on with me, (laughs) and um, bringing her skills of teaching, and her gift of music and art, and she prayed about it, and she's like, I have, she's loved getting to know the kids and families, so Sandy is going to be staying on to help out with me on Sunday mornings, so, (laughs) and it's just been great working with her, so I hope she feels the same way. Our vision and things that we have planned for the fall and upcoming school year, we want to um, kind of do the same thing that Ben just preached on, the up, in, and out. So for up, we do the gospel project for kids here every Sunday morning for K through fifth graders. And that is, you know, it preaches the gospel to them in a fun, interactive way. The in relating with them and um, doing fun things and having fellowship with them. We do that really well here um, with different activities. And then also going out, teaching them to serve others, and um, not just about fun and not just learning about the Bible, but really giving children opportunities to serve the community and around the world in different ways through Operation um, Christmas Child Shoebox and just different things like that. Um, One thing we did... This summer was Covenant Kids. We did a family fun night for the international seasonal workers that were here, and we went out um, to their field where they work. And if if you would come to it, it probably just looks like a bunch of crazy kids running around because we're in a field and we're trying to have them do an art project and teach them a Bible lesson in a field with no like we. All the supplies we need to bring. And if you forget something, then you don't have it. So, um, <laughs> but this was just really encouraging to me. Um, in the midst of all this, a little boy who, um, we've been doing this now for the past seven summers. Um, he came up to me. We The craft was to make a prayer journal, which... When you are trying to do a craft with like 25 kids in a classroom, it can be challenging enough. So imagine a field with 25 kids that may or may not be speaking English, um, <laughs> and you're just like, are they understanding any of this, what we're, you know, what we're trying to get across? And a little boy, who's was probably about eight or nine years old, Edward, he came up to me and he showed other adults and family, um, families that were there. He opened his prayer journal and he wanted us to read it. And he had written in there, he goes, I'll paraphrase, I was thinking I should have taken a picture of it, but in the chaos I didn't, um, but it said he looks forward to us coming out every summer because he knows God loves him and he gets to have a lot of fun, and then he prayed, he goes, I pray for the protection of my family, my friends, and my crush. So I don't know who <laughs> is I don't know which girl <laughs> he has a crush on, but um, I was like, yes, like, It's getting through, and kids are hearing about that. And what's great with kids, when we do these activities, you combine all three things into one event. So they got to hear the gospel. We had a Bible story. We got to pray with them. They got to have a ton of fun. We're known as the church that brings the bounce house and the snack and everything. Um, And then the kids, though, we had, I think it was three families here from Covenant brought their kids out, too. And they're getting to know The seasonal workers' children. So it's just a great, um, great opportunity to do that. Um, So this fall, we'll be continuing to do the first Thursdays that we'll be doing. Um, We'll also be doing the Gospel Project for Kids. We're going to have Fam Jam later in the winter months. And we'll also be having, parents, listen up, um, date night hosted here again over Sweetest Day weekend. So you'll get a free date night. Um, We do that on Sweetest Day and Valentine's Day. So that's kind of where we're going and what we're looking at. So, I don't know if you want to say anything. I just want to say I'm very happy to be able to serve and to help. I'm looking forward to learning from Allison. I better stay in shape. She has a lot um, that we're going to be doing. So, and um, also because my daughters have added so many children to the Sunday school, I felt obligated to help. Now. I'm really looking forward to serving the parents and the children of the church.
0: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Next, I'm going to invite Terrence Armentano to come on up here. Um, we're, we've been talking about living on mission for quite some time here at Covenant Church, and it kind of goes back to this triangle of moving upwards, inwards, and outwards to the local community. And, and myself and the elders have been reading this book called Saturate, Don't Get Disillusioned by the Cover, um, kind of dizzying if you look at it too closely, so just open it up and read it. <laughs> it's, about, it's about being disciples of Jesus in the everyday stuff of life. And right now, uh, we're going to show a quick video trailer for the book. So if you want to cue that up, Dave.
3: I've noticed that a lot of Christians are like a pendulum swinging between mission and community. They want to be together and love one another, but they also know that they're supposed to be ascent people who share the gospel of Jesus with those who don't yet know him. The problem is that if you try to get community without mission, you actually get codependency, a group of people who just need each other and need to be needed. And if you only go after mission without community, you often get a bunch of mercenaries People sent out all by themselves to share the gospel, but who miss the best apologetic or evidence of the gospel changing lives, which is a loving community. So we need a community on mission. This way your community will grow as you go on mission together, and the people you serve won't just hear the good news proclaimed, but will see the power of the gospel to change lives as they watch your community loving one another in the middle of the mission field.
4: Pretty pumped about this, um, thinking about communities of people that love one another, saturating the city of Bowling Green and beyond. And um, we've been really blessed by reading the book together. Um, and we believe the book communi- communicates a really clear picture of what it looks like for all of us to be disciples of Jesus in the everyday stuff of life, together, um, doing it together. Um, we're excited about, for the first time at Covenant, We want to invite everyone to read this book with us this fall. Um, I'm actually, um, that way we can all participate in this discussion together. I'm actually going to create a Facebook page called Saturate BG um, to invite everyone to be a part of as we're reading the book, posting discussion questions throughout the fall, discussing what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus in the everyday stuff of life together, doing it in community so people can see the dynamic of our community all the great stuff that's going on with the up in and out and bringing more people into that so we're actually going to be purchasing a book for anybody that wants one um so we'll we'll have stacks of books probably in the back next week but i think it's pretty exciting because we've never really done something where we're all going to read a book together it lays out a very simple and clear vision of being on mission um loving god loving people so that's going to be exciting, and. Um, As a church, we know that a lot of you are already doing that. I mean, we know a lot of people are already living on mission. They're going to work. They're being disciples. They're making disciples. It's happening individually all over the place. And a lot of times, we don't validate that kind of thing on Sundays. So one of the switches we want to have is we want to validate that kind of ministry, lift it up, and celebrate the fact that that's happening. And we want to bring more of that to the Sunday service as well. So pretty pumped about that. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Saturate will be the primary book that we're going to be using in our community groups this fall. And just to kind of give you some logistics there, the community groups will be starting up again in late September, and they'll be going through Thanksgiving. And they're going to meet weekly, which is a little bit of a change, but we're committed to living on mission. We're committed to the vision of this book, and uh, we hope you join us in that endeavor. So yeah. thanks, bro. Appreciate it. So Covenant has a lot going on this fall, Okay. And I believe that God is blessing and blessing us and preparing us for some exciting things ahead, but it all begins and ends with Jesus Christ. He is the first and the last. He is the author and finisher of our faith. The one who is and is to come, and He's the everlasting King. And that's what we're going to be celebrating right now. It's Jesus. It's the fact that Jesus came down and died for our sins. Without the death of Jesus, we have nothing. No forgiveness of sins, no abundant life, no future with God. Celebrating communion is our lifeblood. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here. And I welcome you, if you're a Christian, to come up here and partake of communion with us. Grab a hunk of bread. If if you're gluten-free, there's a gluten-free bread on the green plates right there as well. Take a hunk of bread, dip it into the cup. Remember, all that Jesus has done for you, all that He is doing for you, and all that He will do for you. And if you're not a Christian, I'd encourage you just to kind of sit back, you know, and enjoy the worship music, you know, pray if you will, but there's no better time than uh, now to come to know Jesus. And if you have any questions about Jesus or what it means to follow Him, believe in Him, call on His name for salvation, I'd love to talk with you afterwards. But let's take this time to remember all that Jesus has done for our church, is doing for our church, and will do for our church. It's all because of Jesus Christ that we're here. So let's know him and make him known.